0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Coach's Journey podcast. This is episode number 52 with Susanna Goncalves. So as a self-described introvert, it was a surprise to Susanna when she found her calling in coaching. In this conversation, she explains how she experienced an awakening that led her forward from her background in IT and engineering and finance. When the organization she worked for invested in team coaching, she witnessed firsthand the evolution of her colleagues as they work with a coach, inspiring her to invest in her own development and transformation to become a coach although it came by a kind of really wonderful sliding doors moment that she actually um, took part in coaching training. Uh, in the episode, you're going to hear Susanna share her experience of rising up through male-dominated industries in the early part of her career, and how that instilled her with a deep belief in the power and importance of diversity in organisations, which still shapes her work, work as a coach. Um, and now, as an ICF Master certified coach with more than two thousand five hundred hours of experience um, in coaching leaders and executives. She works with clients across the world, from Saudi Arabia to Brazil. So we talk about the art of team coaching and its transformative potential and how it can work in different ways. The same with group coaching. We talk about the impact of mindfulness on a coaching practice and how how that's one of the absolute fundamental things for Susanna. Um, the different ways in which people live and work as coaches. Differences between different ICF certifications, imposter syndrome and how we manage it, and loads more throughout Susanna's um, career and experience. And One of my favourite bits, we have this great uh, insight around how not only should um, employees think of themselves as entrepreneurs, but entrepreneurs, when they're thinking about their fees, should sometimes think of themselves as as employees asking for a pay pay rise. So through her coaching company, Meaningful Works, Susanna has enabled herself to be location-free, delivering her work from wherever she needs to be in the world, and we discuss um, the sensitivity and understanding required when working cross-culturally. So before we dive into that um, that conversation between Susanna and, and me, um, I want to let you know about the coach's journey in-person intensive that's happening on the 1st of um September this year in London first of September 2023 it's the second time we've run one of these um, it's open to members and alumni of the Coaches Journey community um, and but now could be a great time to join um, the Coaches Journey community if you want to come along to that event um, and uh, at that event which is going to be held in a beautiful location in, in West London we're going to focus on authentic client creation and authentic content creation so how so I'll bring everything I know about, about building a coaching business and creating a body of work, but my real intention is that for each person there, we'll create a bespoke individual way that they will think about growing their coaching business and creating clients and creating a body of work that that introduces them to the world, has an impact when they're not there, uh, and, and grows and develops them as a person as they do that. So you can uh, learn more about the Coach's Journey community, which is the affordable flexible way that i work with coaches um so you can i can be your coach if you pay anything from 10 pounds a month um to 100 pounds a month uh and among other things that allows you to be um, to have the opportunity to buy a, buy a ticket for the intensive on the 1st of september um but also uh, if you join now if you join at the 10 pound a month level which would allow you to buy um a place at the intensive um, you'll also be able to come along to the september call uh, get to experience group coaching with me um, and if if after that you don't want to don't want to stay a member of course that's perfect that's part of what makes it an incredibly flexible way of working with me um, but uh, could be a great chance now to to jump in if you've been thinking about joining the community for a while um, if you'd love to to be in in a room with some other a small group of other passionate um uh, creative exciting coaches and and yes you are one of those one of those passionate, creative, exciting coaches too, then then now could be a great time to join. Um, and if you're kicking yourself right now because you'd love to be in a room and a workshop that I'm running, but um, you can't make the 1st of September, I'm also delivering an in-person workshop as part of Chiswick Book Festival um, on the 10th of September. So if you go to the Chiswick Book Festival website, um, you can find a link and buy a ticket for that. Lots of exciting things to come on the Coach Journey podcast soon, some great guests lined up and some some new ways of working uh, coming your way, I think, uh, new ways of us working here coming your way later this year or next year. Um, But before that, we get to speak and you get to hear from fantastic Susanna. And for me, this is is a special conversation, like I I referenced later on in the call, uh, when I saw... When Susanna um, announced her MCC and I slowed down and thought about her and her work and what I knew of it, I was really touched and inspired because Susanna and I first connected when she read my blog post about how I became a coach in two years, a full-time coach, um, which is on the Coach's Journey website and on my website if you haven't read that before. And it really, she said that it really inspired her and I felt really touched to have been a part of um, of the journey of, of, of someone like Susanna. Um, and also when I was researching for this podcast, one of the things I did was I read back the messages, many messages which we talk about in the first part of the interview that Susanna and I have exchanged over the years, um, including... Uh, what I don't mention in the episode is one of the episodes, one of the messages that I found as I was looking back through that um, was a time when I, and I didn't remember this at all when I was thinking, when she, Susanna had messaged me to tell me about the impact that one of my 12 minute blogs had had on her. And I, I hadn't remembered this, but I said I had been in the message to Susanna. I said, I'd been thinking about whether to stop it, stop the 12 minute writing practice at that point. This is 2017. Um, and uh, so about a year and a quarter in and i said that susanna's message was what was what kept that going so a big thank you to susanna for that because as many people will know the 12-minute writing practice has really changed my life and and that it, it although it had by the by by 2017 i'm, I'm very very grateful that, that for, the, for her support and everybody else who's written to me over the years to tell me that the, the writing i've done has been impactful for them um for helping give me the energy to keep going so that's enough from me um Yeah, you can find out more about the Coaches Journey community and sign up at thecoachesjourney.com slash community. And and a big thank you, as always, to Alex Whitten, David Norris, Joey Owen, Alex Swallow, um, and Ruth Saville for for all of your ongoing support. Um, And uh, without further ado, I hope you enjoy this, this conversation with the fantastic Susanna Gonsalfesh. Susanna, welcome to the Coaches Journey podcast.
1: Thank you, Rob. It's uh, really a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me and to connect after you know all these years.
0: <laughs> no, it's uh It is a. It was a slightly shocking thing to me actually to to look and f- like I was on LinkedIn just before. So so listeners, Susanna and I have never spoken. Uh, on a video or audio call until about 15 minutes ago um, but we have been messaging since 2017 Susanna so six years wow. of on and off and a lot of messages in in 2017 and 2018 and, yeah. and various different different things over the year years which we might touch on but like mm-hmm. you say it's a very I find myself feeling like if this was in one of our messages isn't it strange to have a these messages and what a what a what a strange and kind of wonderful thing that the internet can have create yeah. those connections um mm-hmm. in a but in a quite slightly strange way but i feel really i uh, got a big smile on my face that yeah. we're now having this conversation and not only that but i'm going to get to interview you um <laughs> to talk about yourself and your journey and that's how partly how we're going to get to know each other even better so it's very yeah. lovely to have you here
1: yeah thank you thank you again
0: yeah and so look the, the way we often start this podcast and the way I often start these interviews is when did you first come across coaching as a thing?
1: Okay so uh, I came across coaching back in 2009 as a client so as a coach, coachee um, and it was a very interesting um, kind of uh, awakening call um, because I realized that in order for someone professional to really help me and have an impact on, in my life This person does not necessarily need to, you know, to know me. So this was in 2009. So when I was really, really far away from thinking I would ever become a coach, would become a coach, yeah.
0: What what was it, was, why did you end up having coaching at that point? Was it a professional development or, or, yeah, yeah.
1: It was it was uh, it was professional uh, development, so it was offered uh, by um, you know while I was collaborating in a finance uh, um, uh, organization, and I was part of this project. So uh, everybody in the project, so I was responsible for the part of the project. So and there was this um, uh, coaching uh, program that were offered to everybody was that were participating in that project around uh, around leadership around uh, you know conflict management um uh, yeah basically around um, a leadership skill development
0: yeah and so what did you remember now what did you what did you take away from that engagement like what did you learn what were the insights
1: i don't remember the particular things that i took away with but the general feeling um of um, how at the end of these uh, coaching sessions, I still wanted to explore more and how my insights and things that we have covered during the session were still working on the back of my mind and the insights and the progress really happened in between sessions. Um, So this is what, what I recall and um, so for me, so my background is in the IT, so, you know, very scientific uh, oriented and uh, I need data to really uh, recognize the value in something. That was kind of like a question mark for me. And it was I, I resisted at first to really letting myself go and, um, and, and, and you know, speak openly about, you know, challenges. I also, I think I understand from that moment on, I think until today even, that there was this great um, barrier between the way that uh, I allow myself to access my emotions. And this was something that I'm still working on it uh, since then, right? At that moment, I was just, I, I just faced this this you know hard glass uh, uh, and um, yeah, and it was you know it was sort of like that experience of uh, okay, I don't really know how this works, but it is working. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah, which like you say, compared to the the scientific tech focused thing where you can work out why like often the job I imagine was work out why it works or why it doesn't work and know that and then change things and suddenly you've got this thing which is like oh this is definitely working and I I, I love that thing you said about the insights happening between sessions I think I've heard I've read that or heard somebody say something similar to that before but I wonder if I think for coaches sometimes that's a little hard a thing to hold because you know like especially i don't know sometimes you have sessions which feel where you can see the insights happening for somebody and sometimes you have them where at least i do where i can't really see the insights happening for somebody and yeah. so to then trust that things might happen between sessions is quite hard so to hear you telling that story as a client that that that's a part of how you experienced coaching that time mm-hmm. that that's yeah that that feels really valuable
1: mhm mhm yes um yeah, and, and going back to the that uh, you know like the scientific part, of course this so my, my my background, so academic background is in the um, IT. So I'm an engineer, so IT engineer. Um but one of the things that has always fascinated me is how you know human brain works. So I've never one of the areas that I've that I thought about, you know, investing while I was studying. Was to in the robotics, but for somehow it didn't happen. But this, how the brain works, uh, it was something that really um, got me curious about, and um, and it was so it was interesting to understand that. Even though the person, my coach, had no background in the you know like psychology or psychiatric uh, area, they could she could she could um, have an impact uh, on me on my you know. And I, I was able to shift my behaviors or at least got me, you know, reflect on it, uh, on those. And what could I do to make, you know, to have a different uh, result, a different impact?
0: Yeah. And, and looking back um, from now, with thousands of hours of coaching behind you, wh- what is it that, um, like, what do you think it is about coaching Which people who, I mean, like, you know, like me, maybe like you, I don't know if you've done um, psychology specific training or just coaching training, but like your coach then, like me now, people who don't have the academic knowledge in those things, although they may, like, I may have read lots of things about it. What is it about coaching that enables us to help people through those behavior changes? Mm, That's an
1: interesting question. Well, I, I would say something that it, it might come across as a very simplistic answer, but I think the fact that we are there able to really focus on them and listening to what they have to say, creating that safe space, I think that's already huge.
0: Yeah. Because
1: we are not, sorry, to, sorry. No, 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 but, go. We are not friends. We don't have, you know, there is no conflict of interest here. So we are just like another human being on the other side, who's really, you know, totally there at, at their disposal, um, listening, really listening to them. Interesting, interested in what they have to share, and the mere fact, at, at least my experience uh, has, has been, you know, taught me that, to, to show me that is that when we. Put into words, so put outside what we think, what's inside our our minds, and uh, it's already a transformation going on. So it's it's a lot about holding the space for that to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. The thing I was going to say before, which I think still is is worth saying, I got this flash when you were talking of just just how you know. In a way, it just makes complete sense that it would be easier to change because the way you describe it so clearly, because suddenly instead of having one person's brain and self trying to work on the behavior change, you've like doubled that. (laughs) And it's just so rare that, you know, how you, the way you put together those aspects of coaching, then, you know, it is just so rare to have somebody without the conflict of interests with Mm -hmm. the pure space, with the safety. And yeah, it makes, it does make sense in, in, in so many ways. Um, but but Susanna, so yeah, you've said a little bit. I don't know if you want to put any more in. So about before that, then, so you were working. Did you say, and were you in finance in technology by this point when you had that? I'm not sure if you said that. Sorry, I might have missed it. Yeah, yeah. So
1: yeah. Uh, when I when I stumble, I usually say stumble upon coach, coaching, uh, literally. So uh, my background is in the IT. I started out my you know formal. Um, profe- um, professional uh, activity, you know, as a software developer. So I moved into, um, business consultancy and then, you know, um, as, um, as a, a leader. So having people, um, in, in the bank, uh, in the bank industry. So this, this was my trajectory. So always, I've, I've always worked in multinational organizations, um, uh, always on the tech side. Right. So, um, even though when I was, you know, uh, in my last uh, organization role, so I, I was uh, responsible for for a department. I had a I, I had a team and was so this coaching in 2009 um, happened when I had just you know joined that organization and I was creating a department and there was a lot of transformation going on.
0: Mm-hmm um and so then what happened next you had this you had the sense that like oh wow something's happening here and this person isn't even you know isn't doesn't have a background in psychology and yeah somehow things are changing it's like I don't know what it is I don't know how it works but it works yeah Um, what what happened I know that it wasn't straight away that you ran off and did a coaching training um so what happened next
1: so next, um, fortunately, I was in an organization that uh, was investing on coaching uh, and uh, they had both, you know, internal and external. And,
0: and do you know why they were doing that? Like, because if this is 2009-10, like not, it, you know, the, the financial crisis has just happened. So a lot of people, like and I've spoken to people before who said that that was the point where in some organizations, the Investing in people, (laughs) or the consultancy, or the that kind of development stuff that went down, and also it's quite early, really, for organizations to be taking that viewpoint.
1: That's true. So I guess the CEO was um, a very um, uh, conscious uh, person, woman, and she had experienced herself the power of coaching, and so I believe that she brought that. You know, having very, you know, being very conscious that there is um, a lot of, um, that coaching is a very powerful tool, right? So the transformation that the organization was going through, it made it totally sense, I mean, to use it. It would be crazy not to do it, right? Because she already had uh, come across it.
0: Yeah, and is this um? This may not be relevant, or or you may not want to say. But is this Santander at the time? Like, where where are you at this point? Yeah.
1: So it was Santander. So the, so um, I, I you know I, I I'm as a business consultant. I work with IBM during that time. I've been you know I had I took a leave of absence and I went to be an expat in Angola. I've been there for two, two years. You know, working and living there. This this was really an adventure. I might you know you might think that oh only organizations multinational corporate style but i love adventure and i really uh, i really enjoyed that experience so i came back and then i i was invited to go to Santander so it was now isban. isban does not is does not exist anymore so it was the tech arm of santander's and then they incorporated the you know the team into the bank so that's in, this, in that process in 2018 this is when i left um but um, yeah so it was it was part of um, of Santander's
0: group mm. so sorry but i think i uh, a few minutes ago i interrupted you in the middle of uh, answering <laughs> one of my questions which was so you were saying that the that there was coaching going on in Santander because of, probably <laughs> because of the C- ceo and her experience of it um and so you continued to get coaching or or yeah what happened next
1: so what happened next is that i had the you know the 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 fortune to really have an internal it she was mixed internal external so um so uh, she worked with me and my team in team coaching mm-hmm. and it was so powerful and, and there was like this you know shift that happened um towards you know the performance of my team how they were engaged how Things have really shifted. So not only I have developed myself as the leader, but also the team. Together, we evolved uh, with this uh, team uh, team coaching. I also had the opportunity to participate as a team member, because you know that by by then the CEO has you know changed. Uh, and uh, the, the 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 new leader, you know, he uh, engaged in the team coaching. So I was responding to 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 the CEO. So and the board was also um, um, went also through a team coaching program. So it was very exciting to can continuously be in contact with coaching, but from like a distance from a client's perspective, yeah. right? So this is this is you know went until. I think it was 2012 or 13, where um, you know, again here, um uh, working in a male-dominated environment, I really experienced uh, the you know the glass ceiling. So even though so I and I need I need challenges, so I crave on challenges, I need to be really having this feeling of being developing myself, growing. Um and uh even though I was, you know. Reaching out for opportunities, uh, there seemed to be, you know, no uh, yes coming my way. So when there was a colleague from the board, so a colleague of mine, that he had signed up to do this ICF certified coaching training, and he could not attend it due to, you know, um, uh, other priorities, professional priorities, and the HR department director mentioned how who would like to, you know, to attend this, and I said. I will do it. You know, you know, the least I would gain from that would be to develop myself as a leader coach. And by then I knew that there was only you know good things coming on. So okay, I will do it. So this is how I actually you know stumble upon coaching again. And um and from the minute that I I, I started to have this this training, and um, I'm sure you, you, you also know about it, Robbie. So from the early starts we are invited to have our own our own clients and you practice with other you know with other uh, people on the on the um, on the training and i started to realize that coaching was something that really resonated with me it was like a call and um so um so that that was it so the training t- lasted for like six months so we had like roughly a week per month and then in between um those trainings we had you know uh homework to do teamwork to do and i found myself you know starting to coaching right there so once i completed the training i uh, became part of the coaching program as an internal coach of the organization uh-huh. yeah so this was back in 2013. I yeah, almost 10 years ago. I cannot believe it.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. Time, time passes, doesn't it? There's a couple of things I want to ask about Susanna, so much in there. The first one is just to ask a little bit about that team coaching experience. We might talk more about this later on, but yeah. I I feel like even across 50 plus episodes of this show, we haven't talked enough about uh team coaching as a part of that. And so really what I'm curious about is You know, I mean, if you want to bring it to what you do now or team coaching you've thought about more recently, that could be it. But what I was actually curious about was how did it actually look to be doing the team coaching? How was there? How much was there one to one time? Was it all the team together with the coach? Like what practically happened in that team coaching experience?
1: Uh, So uh, nowadays I realize that it's much more powerful if you have team coaching and individual coaching uh, going, you know, in parallel. I think that's that really you know is uh, it uh, in essence, the impact of uh, of the, the team coaching. But back then it was uh, it was only only you know uh, team coaching uh, because my team were were partly you know um, from the organization and and some of the other people on the team was from you know outside the the organization. Um, I think that was partly the the reason for that. But also because, you know, it, I, I got to have my, you know, the CEO agreement for all the time that we were put, putting aside for the team coaching. So I also had to negotiate that. And um, since it was not like, you know, it was my option, right? It was not something that it was, you know, uh, offered by the organization. It was something that I asked, um approval for so i really insisted that i would like to do that um so it was like only only team coaching um and what was your question again i'm not sure if i am
0: so i think you've answered it it was like what what, i mean what did it look like i guess maybe you could say a bit more about how often it happened, what do you remember being? you know it sounds like you and the team both grew through that like I'm just curious about that experience really
1: yeah, so I really loved that experience in fact, then after that, I used the same approach with other clients um so uh so for instance so uh, let me just say this that uh, um, and I go back to that, to that, uh, to that, uh, to that question that you asked me. Is that uh, while I was, you know, since the moment that I've started to um, to decide to be part of the internal um, team coach uh, coaching program as a, as an internal coach, I also agree with the with the CEO that I could pursue uh, my private clients because there were no conflict of interest. So I also do that. And that was a moment where I also had the opportunity to put, you know, in practice what I have experienced myself as a, as the leader of the team. It was really, really powerful. So this, this, um, uh, so this team coaching had a process. Uh, It was, it's called the strategic visioning. And it really takes the team, you know, from the past um, to the present and to the future. And it really, really, really powerful, and um, it's um, it's really transformative, uh, and it, it really helps you um, as a leader and team to reach new levels of uh, not only performance but engagement, um, of relationship, of alignment. Um, it's it's really it's it's amazing the transformation um, power that that it it brings. Um, so I think we had like I don't know maybe five or six sessions. Of course, the coach that led that that process, she was also very um uh, how, how do you say um it was she was also a very good coach right so she you know um uh she led us through that that process uh, uh, in a very smoothly way and it, it was really very very impactful. I have to say that I think I was, um, you know, the typical um, technical, you know, person, individual contributor that then assumes a leadership role and has no skills for it. So I realized how many, you know, mistakes like micromanaging, like not needing to have the control, having the answers to everything and how that unleashed my my leadership power and created space for my team to grow and to uh, be more accountable, more responsible and feel more empowered as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a great story and reminder, really. And it's like I always think when people talk about the tech industry and individual contributors moving up to management roles, I always remember that it's not just tech because one of my jobs was in... The Royal Opera House in London. Uh, before I came to coaching, and um, I remember it happened there. You know, in the technical department, or the props department, or the scene department, somebody would get promoted a lot because of their technical talents. Not just because of that, but but partly because of that. And then they would. It would. It's a really different thing managing a team of of twenty prop makers, just like it's a different team thing man- managing a team of twenty developers to being a prop maker or a developer. So it mm-hmm. it is that it's one of those like crunch points isn't it and 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 again when I think back on my career pre-coaching the times when I most wish I'd had coaching were those times when there was a step up a steep learning and I was basically out of my depth and mm-hmm. you know I was lucky that I had kind of I basically did have coaches in some ways like a mentor here or a manager there without whom it would have been so much harder but I yes I really hear that I wanted to catch a thing you said though Susanna which is that because I know you do or at least I think you do some team you still do team coaching now or you still use that sometimes but but that thing that you said there you think it's more powerful within with one-to-one work running alongside it so either the question could either be when you work with teams now if you get the total choice how would you structure that with those two things running alongside or um yeah yeah in that or how do you do it when and how does it end up happening for you these days
1: yes usually I offer that uh, that option because it's the most powerful and uh, even though there might not be you know that many individual one-on-one sessions uh what I figure is that what what I noticed is that having uh like in between the team coaching sessions Having a individual coaching sessions really helps on, you know, um, addressing topics that maybe you know will be left um, and 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 sad or really you know rough edges that need to be you know addressed. And uh, and this is how I design it: is to have um, individual coaching sessions in between the the team sessions.
0: Uh, did you just stumble across that, or did you find somebody else that was doing it, or how did you realize have that insight?
1: Well, I think we've we've learned along the way, right? Yes, maybe I have been participating. I had a, another colleague coach, coach that mentioned that. What lucky, how lucky we are when we forgot our sources, right? <laughs> So some of them I do, I do recall and I appreciate them and I still, you know, have this sense of uh, appreciation and I'm feeling grateful for learning with them, having the possibility to learning and them with them. But other things, uh, I think you are just speaking along the way. So I think it was maybe, uh, a, 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 well, not, a, not a, that you asking me. Maybe it was, uh, I participated in something in a pro, in the project. Well, I was not. Doing the team coaching, I was just a coach, and I I understood how the dynamic was working, mm. right? So and that how important because I also got that feedback. Those individual sessions were in between those team sessions.
0: Yeah, yeah, really interesting. And and uh, this, is, this is quite detailed. So, but but I think it's it is really interesting. I think for listeners, I think I talked to, well, I had a guest called John Monks who his company runs some team coaching as well. And I think on the interview I did with him, we talked a bit about this. So I know what he said, I think. But for you, is it, it sounds like you've been in a situation where the team coach was one person, but the one-to-one coaches were somebody else. Yeah. Do you have a gut feeling when, or a way that you like to work? Would you rather it was the same person or group of people doing both or does it not matter? Or what's what's your experience with that?
1: Well, I tend to, to prefer to be, you know, the to be me who is is leading, you know, every pieces of the program because then I have more control on the results. And as you know, you know, for us coaches, is our um our you know credibility and also uh, our you know image that is at stake. So when I engage with other colleagues, I have to, you know, they are people who I really really trust. But I guess that, you know, this notion of having this um, control um, might tend, in my case, to be the one who, who handles every piece, if I have availability, of course. Though I understand that the other option can also be very powerful, right? So the thing is that because I'm not, you know, like a people person, for me, I get more pleasure from the individual coaching sessions than from the team coaching sessions. Even though my experience in the teams is really, you know, like amazing because I feel that my power as a coach is like, uh, you know, potentialized, right? It's, it's, uh, it grows exponentially because you can, you know, a small or a a exercise team dynamic can really you know make a lot of impact on different people and you see all these combined at the same time It's really like it's it's huge so for me it's also a possibility an opportunity for me to stand to step out of my comfort zone and to deal with the unknown right because on one on one that is pretty much you know controlled uh, controlled whilst when you are with team with several people right you cannot have control of how you know that will take you so being able to be present in the moment follow your instinct and respond and believe that you know whatever response you will have to to offer to that team is what the universe is is asking for uh can really be very you know powerful and um Mm -hmm. addictive
0: yeah 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 i had this insight this thought earlier this year that um something like this the most meaningful uh or like the the peaks my most enjoyable and meaningful peaks of my work in the last year had been things with groups or teams <laughs> but that it was also kind of for me exhausting and draining like i couldn't almost couldn't have done it like i'm not sure i could have, i didn't do a huge amount last year but i almost couldn't have done any more than i did so it's like it's a i think it's a for me i I can hear an echo of that in what you're saying something there is something really i mean it is a different level of uh you know there's a lot of relationships a lot of huge number of dynamics and textures that are present when there's even a handful of people let Mm -hmm. alone uh, you know a bigger team or a bigger group compared to -to one-to-one is there? so there is something yeah like i like there is something kind of addicting about it um and it's interesting, my my memory, I think I've heard someone, it might have been John Monks, who I mentioned, talk about like having a, a person or people that do both as well. I think that was the, the his take or somebody similars. Because it means that you then you it's not just control, right? You're also aware. You have the awareness. It's all channeled through you. Whereas otherwise, and I get this on some of the leadership programs that I both coach and facilitate on. The coaching, if the you know the coaching is usually on those programs, the ones I work on at the moment, aren't the facilitators of the workshops. So these a cohort of people does a set of workshops, and alongside it has a set of coaching sessions. And but there isn't a, an overlap of people, and there's some good things about that, but it does mean that there's no. It's hard to combine that awareness without breaching confidentiality or without you know whilst preserving the different containers. So I think it's a really interesting. Really interesting questions to ask. Of course, like you mentioned, there's a kind of scale or availability part of it as well.
1: Yeah, but but yeah, but it's true. I mean, um, that awareness has a positive and also not so you know positive side because then then you know so you know things are present in in your in your mind, and of course that impacts your um, your judgment, impacts the way you see people. So sometimes I can see that being a facilitator in the team coaching uh, and not doing the individual coaching might be beneficial. Might make it easier for you yeah. to have that distance.
0: It's really interesting. Maybe my, I mean, my gut feeling is like everything is it. It depends, and and there's, there's, yeah. there's times when one is good and one is the other. But but yeah, that's a nice reflection. But so. Let me just check. I got it. To zoom back to your story, or or, or swing back to that. So you did. Th- I love. By the way, I don't think I said this. What an amazing part of your story that this guy just dropped out of the training because of his other commitments, and somebody said do you want to do it, and you said yes, and then here we are, ten years later, thousands of coaching hours later, MCC, all that kind of thing, coaching business, all these kind of things. I love it that that you know. I mean, I I doubt that life turned on that, but it's like it, humans like stories, right? So it's nice to have that kind of. Um, what do you call it? Sliding doors thing. Um, but so, and you, then when you came back, you you said, I think you just said pretty much straight away from the training, you stepped into the internal coaching team as what, alongside the other work you were doing or instead of it alongside,
1: Uh, alongside, alongside. So I would roughly dedicate myself, you know, uh, one day per week to coaching. Uh, you know both individual coaching and also we had group coaching focusing on leadership um development development and um so uh, you know that enabled me to you know and also have my private um uh, clients because you know it was not the intention that that I would pursue my coaching career. You know, the, the reason why I engaged in that in that training was to develop, you know, myself first. It was to develop my leadership skills, and it was, you know, to step into some opportunity that just, you know, um, uh, showed in my, you know, in, in well, the universe well, in yeah, the world.
0: And, and you said, I think this is what you said, that also there was this thing about the glass ceiling and feeling like, how am I going to yeah. progress and learn? And well, here's an opportunity to learn, even if I can't progress.
1: Exactly, exactly. I already, I already had um expired my you know my how do you say my my credits because i already had asked to go to for instance harvard business school for you know for a training so and i did that so i already had you know no more training coming more you know not that side you know like an investment from the organization so this was really a huge opportunity for me so yes so going back to your question so i did um, um accumulated. So uh, alongside my managerial role, I would dedicate myself to coaching, not only within the organization, but also outside. So I kept investing uh, on coaching, on training, on credentials, right, by myself. So from that moment on, there was no investment from the organization on my, you know, coaching development. That was always, all, that was all on my side. Uh, because I really you know, as I said, so coaching really for me was like a call. It was something that I could not ignore and really you know resonated that much with me and really having this impact on others um it's, it's so humbling uh, and 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 at the same time, um it really is a source of um of joy, right uh, being able to to do that. For me, at least, it was what uh, you know uh, what moved me to to do it, to continue to invest in my on my development. I guess also on the other side, because you know I'm I'm like on the the tech side, you know, background and scientific way. So I needed to continue to feel that I'm I was developing myself in terms of acquiring competences and acquiring uh, skills and and the credential part. I think I also needed to. Um, you know to le- legitimate myself mm-hmm. to be a coach right because even for me i was like i mean how come i am a coach right now i mean what a what a transformation right how um how do i justify myself this that i'm you know uh that i'm actually you know doing it um yeah
0: yeah so much so much there that i i, I could ask about and maybe we will at different times but i'm really curious like I don't know if this is a question that'll bring anything up, but if it doesn't, that's perfect. But I I was really, I was kind of touched and taken in there with you as you talked about coaching as the source of joy. And you talked about it before this thing calling to you and, and then you, you did it yourself. You then went to, but I came from tech and I'm not, you know, I have, I did maths at university. And so I know that these things, they're not obvious, right? right? The connections that we have and the way that life's pan out. But was it completely a surprise to you that that something like this would give you that joy or and or looking back were there kind of signs earlier that you just hadn't caught
1: no signs, probably. as I mentioned <laughs> that i that I you know that I can make the connection with was you know my interest about it I and mean, how the brain works and whether you know psychology was something that I would like to pursue. Uh, but I think I'm an engineer so I'm I'm basically curious about things and uh, and never stopped asking why and uh, and uh, so there was no clue uh, of, of you know any any kind also you know I am an introvert person and uh I remember that I was very happy you know when I was started my you know my my professional activity as um uh, as a software developer, and and even along the you know the next uh, you know the initial years where I assume responsibility for more, uh, but still being you know my own you know kind of um, uh, boss and working by myself you know developing and being responsible for modules for instance, but being being basically you know being myself and I um, developing uh, software, working on the you know perfecting it and. And um, trying to make it as elegant as possible. So I'm this kind of introvert person who would be, you know, okay, just by themselves, you know. And the challenge, mental, you know, um, challenge of um, the task at hand. So, so it was a total surprise because I don't feel myself as a, I don't see myself as also as a people person that I will got I would get so caught. And for me, it was so interesting this dynamic that happens in the coaching conversation, in the coaching uh, dynamic. So it was, it came as a surprise to me, actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think like the, I'm not sure I buy that. I know, I kind of know what you're talking about. I'm not sure I buy that you're not a people person, right? It's a total, just to give this feedback in case no one's given it before, although I know they have, <laughs> it's like a total joy and ease to spend time with you, right? And we've never done this before. We've, we have we, we might talk about the messages we've exchanged later, but you know, we have exchanged messages, but so there's, there is a people, there's some kind of people person in you, but I kind of mm-hmm. hear that there's also this person that likes, likes being, you know, likes being by themselves, doing the development work and that probably likes being by yourself now sometimes and doesn't so much like finds I mean you kind of referenced it finds the team the working with the group of people as a team different or more difficult or Mm -hmm. you know takes more energy but what's that if you zoom in on that some kind of that whatever distinction it is you're making there about not being a people person is is there anything more you can say about that to kind of make your experience of that?
1: Oh well, when I say I'm not a people person, is that that I'm not? I don't know. I'm I'm not very good at small talk. Um, <laughs> I'm not very good, uh, you know, in a place full of people to initiate conversation. I tend to shy away from networking. So this is what I meant when I say I'm not, you know, like a people person. Um, I in my you know uh, professionally when we are in a meeting we have you know, a goal for that meeting. So let's, you know, (laughs) just dive into that. And uh, so I'm not spending a lot of, you know, this relationship building dynamic kind of uh, situations where, you know, someone who's more people-driven may be more, you know, easily drawn to.
0: Yeah, yeah, I just (laughs) got a little, I I love that. And Susanna, I just know that people, a load of people listening will be thinking, yes, that's exactly what I'm like. Um, and I got a little flash there of, I like, I was laughing at the small talk thing. I, I I kind of remember when I was about 20, I think, like kind of up until that point, like I didn't dislike going to parties or hanging out in groups, but I sometimes found it really, really hard. And I kind of remember the, the key moment was when I realized it was within my power to influence the conversations, which essentially what I would do was turn, stop them being small talk and turn them into big talk or deep talk or whatever, <laughs> as fast as possible, because then I would be interested and I could zoom in. Whereas otherwise, it, it, yeah, there's something it, at that point. I think I feel differently now. I think I've grown my, definitely grown my ability to do that. And, and, mm-hmm. but, but that was quite a big moment, that small talk thing. And I think a lot of coaches, you know, coaching doesn't really deal in small talk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it deals in something different um so i think probably a lot of coaches will identify with that (laughs) i want to catch as well um you said that and how so you were you were given a day a week or you're able to negotiate a day a week to do coaching alongside the other work um and i want to come back to the kind of private clients bit of that later but you talked a bit about doing group coaching at that point as well and again i don't know if i i don't know if you do that now but i wonder if I'm, I was doing some group coaching this morning and as I was introducing it to the to the kind of leaders who I'm doing it with, I, I realized that I have kind of made up how I do group coaching based on group coaching that I've been part of as a client. Mm-hmm. And so I suspect that I do it somewhat the same as everybody and somewhat differently. But I'm really curious, like, how did you, how do you work in a group coaching environment? What does group coaching mean to you? And also like it, it really interesting to be doing that quite early in the journey um Mm -hmm. and with some organizational infrastructure around you and i'm Mm -hmm. I'm curious so how so i guess there's lots of questions in there it's like how do you think about group coaching how did you do it then and what was it like to do it in that environment with the organization around you Mm
1: -hmm. so there are different approaches to group coaching i know that now right today i use different uh, possibilities for group coaching there are more open and structured ones and the ones that i did back then were while i was an internal coach so we were like for instance with the project managers of that organization right so and it and this and that you could even you could even um argue whether that were you know your uh, group coaching because there was an intention right so there was a topic for each session um and, and actually, that was led um, alongside with another internal coach. So we created together this wall, which was you know, learning on leadership, mm-hmm. uh, that addresses a lot of you know, different topics. So there was a specific topic for every session. And there was this initial part where we we could we shared some contact. You know to just bring our minds around you know a certain um either um you know theory or um, highlight you know particular aspects of the topic and then we we open up for um for participation from the group and we'll added then um uh, this 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 group um conversations uh maybe sometimes small groups we divided it into small groups so that they were able to then you know, discuss and and a particular topic and then come together, uh, in a team. So this is a possibility for a group coaching. You know, if we are being pure ICF, um, kind of, uh, coaches, maybe we could, you know, argue wh- whether that initial sharing of some, some information, um, is, you know, is coaching or not. For me, it was at the time and, and, and it works. I also understand that there are other uh, possibilities for group coaching that I find very powerful. For instance, um, you really create the space and you are just a facilitator there. And the, the, you know, the topic that, that everybody is invited to bring to that coaching, uh, to that group coaching session is what are they struggling with? And they are asking, you know, their peers to help them. So, with you know, suggestions, what would they do on their side? And I found that to be very, very powerful as well. So I wouldn't say one is better than the other. There are different approaches, these two, right? And I think they have a place uh, and, bring, and, and bring value uh to um to to in individual development.
0: Yeah, and in a way, it feels like a little bit like the conversation we had about team coaching you know there's just all these tools that we have and ways to work with a group of people and all of them can be really useful and like i i don't know i can imagine being the project managers that having some of those bits of content you know i sometimes think this when i'm you know i always have to remember that uh you know if you're meeting a group of people or an individual who has never encountered the idea of professional development or personal development then they won't have some of the building blocks that someone like you or I after, you know, in your case, what, 10 years of coaching will have come across 10 years ago or nine years ago or eight years ago and internalized by now. And so to have some structure, it must have been, must be wonderful. And also in the other example you gave to kind of tap the experience of the group and have that facilitation. One of the ways, I mean, it's actually a bit embarrassing now because uh, probably about when we first started messaging. So like five years ago or six years ago, I, I, shared me doing a group coaching session on youtube so people can watch that if they want to we'll put a link in the show notes (laughs) i say it's a bit embarrassing i haven't watched it for a long time people say really nice things about it and it's got a surprising number of views i think because there just aren't that many full group coaching sessions on youtube um so people can watch a little bit of an old version of me running a group coaching session um you know or the people who know about it the coaches journey community is is how i do that now but one of the things i love doing is And it was fun to do this today. Is, you know, you mostly when I'm doing group coaching these days, I coach the individuals in front of the group, trusting Mm -hmm. that when you coach each individual and partly setting up the container to do this, there are insights for the other members. And actually, what I've discovered is my assumption was you had to, that works best, which maybe it does when the people have something in common. So, for example, in the coach's journey community, It's a group of coaches who want to think about building their business and thriving as people while they are coaching and that kind of thing. They have quite a lot in common. And so the challenges they bring are quite, may have quite a lot of overlap. But actually what I've found is because everybody who comes to a group coaching session is a human, um, they all have quite a lot of things in, in common anyway. And so I'm just getting that sense. I guess I'm sharing that to put that extra, for people who are listening, to put that extra or a third lens on group coaching. Mm -hmm. it's like it's a really interesting it feels really interesting that there are there's kind of so much at our fingertips and maybe like you said if we were if we were sitting here as icf credential coaches thinking which we could do thinking like what does it have to be to be an icf group coaching session we might get slightly different answers but if we're sitting here as two people interested in helping a group of people grow and develop then you've got what's fun is you've got all these different ways of doing that and you can kind of deploy them in different ways.
1: Yeah, exactly, and I think that also ICF is has you know been you know growing and developing and and also being open to other ways of doing things, right? Uh, and I find also very interesting as well. Uh, but I'm always very conscious, and if uh, you know by, by you know um, talking about ICF, I'm always very conscious about being as. Clean as possible in my questions and and the way that I address um the situation and bring as little as possible of my world to that space you know as little as that as as it is human possible right because I mean I have my own lands I have I am myself so I have my own bias I have my own you know uh, perspective on things so but I have this on the back of my mind, you know.
0: Yeah. And I like I could give my answer to to this question and and probably everyone listening could, but for you, why is that important?
1: Because you don't want to bring, you know, you don't you want to don't you know have this judgmental perspective. You want to be open and you want you want to allow as many perspectives as possible to to have a room right to uh, to to flourish right so if if you have your if you bring your world to to the, to that space you are like conditioning what it's possible to to happen and i am there to be a, a, like a tool for them and um, and so this is this is why i want you you know i feel it's important and um, also there's this risk of projection, right? So my ideas and what is said. So um yeah. So this is this is my thought. Of course, that you know, even though you haven't asked me, but I'm going there anyway, which is, you know, even though as a coach we know that um it doesn't it doesn't have to, you don't as a coach, you don't need to know about you know your clients industry or your clients particular um particularities you know of their role I have found that it has been usually useful for me all my experience in organizations and multinationals you know, and moving and, and starting out as a single developer, um, as a single contributor, moving on to, you know, responsibilities in, uh, in the consultant and consultant in consultancy industry, having responsibilities uh, as a leader, um, you know, as a woman, you know, being confronted with that uh, glass ceiling. So I find that that my experience on that is an asset. And sometimes I use it. Of course, after asking for permission, and um, you know, and exploring other possibilities. So this is not the main focus of, of um, a given you know coaching um, uh, dynamic, whether it's a group coaching, a team coaching, or individual coaching. But my experience tells me that this has been um, a, a huge um, benefit, also that I can offer to my to my clients.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you've touched on it a couple of times now. Mm -hmm. This, I, you know, this experience you have of being a woman in, I guess, two, maybe like the, it's like worse. It's like the, the overlap of two male dominated industries, tech and finance, right? Um, and 10 years ago. Um, and I wonder how has that experience specifically played into influenced been a part of your coaching and your journey as a coach
1: that's a very interesting question so i, I actually am grateful for that to have happened because otherwise i wouldn't stumbled upon coaching <laughs> right Because i would have like this you know opportunities career-wise uh so i actually am you know <laughs> It's like you know why we also invite our coaches, you know, to look at the possibilities, the, the good on the, you know, the the positive things on what is happening. So see that 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 seeing that as an opportunity. And as I, I was uh, hearing your, you know, asking that question, I thought that I was thinking that actually my, you know, I have been in the uh, in the male dominated environment since very, you know, young age because you know I had chosen uh, engineering engineering. Uh, at, I don't know, maybe I was like 15 or 16, right? And I was influenced by my father. So from a very early, uh, you know, uh, age, I have been um, in a context where there are more, you know, colleagues, guys, than there are, you know, colleagues, women, right, women. So in college, I remember I had this, uh, you know, this teacher. And uh, so there was a part of the tech uh, technological uh, yes uh, um uh, plus and he used to say that oh that um you know uh that uh, energy and um uh, and and uh, current in this uh, there is this resistance there is a tension and there is a current and he said that the current was a uh, it was like a woman it was you know smart because it chose it choose it chosen the the less resistant path, you know, so it was like this these details that I faced since very early uh, when I was even studying. Uh, there was another class where uh, the teacher, you know, used to call me like Susanna, and and my colleagues, uh, guys, uh, Then they they used to to use their last name. And I remember that I was you know provoking him, and I i I've always been very outspoken for the good and for the bad, right? And, um I said so but that's discrimination and it was a very dear professor uh teacher and uh, I said uh, that that is discrimination and it was like looking at me and he said okay but this is good discrimination Susanna oh there is it's not good not bad discrimination <laughs> so I guess I was like um being um uh very outspoken and facing this uh, this um you know this dynamic from very early uh on my on, in my life and of course that, Followed me to my professional career. And, um, I can't say that it's very hard, right? To establish yourself as a, a professional, um, while you are, you know, you are a woman and you're being questioned, um, all the time. So I remembered, even though when I was, um, in uh, university, there I used to, to wear like clothes like a guy, um, like guys, because I wanted to, you know, like, uh, not be um, you know not, not standing out. And while I was in the that you know in the tech uh, environment and also in the in the bank environment, that would be the same thing. Um, you know the good thing on the other side, as you know, being a woman is that allowed me to explore other parts of my life, which I sometimes I think that for men is is harder. So uh, I used to have and to ride motorcycles. I have several, and I did it. And I was, you know, driving those. You know, when I was in college, and uh, even though I would come across as a tomboy because you know I'm very feminine, it was like this mix, and and um, and I had these these two these two sides of myself. Uh, but what I've definitely realized is that being an outspoken woman in uh, a male-dominated environment is not necessarily a good thing. And that you really as a woman, you really need to um, to develop to develop skills that allow you to thrive in those environments. And there is, you know, there is a, still a lot of things to um, to to do in organizations in order to create this diversity environment. One of the things that I have indeed uh, learned is that diversity is not something that one uh, talks about because of fairness or, you know, just because it's what it's uh, politically correct to say. I think I, I, I'm a true believer that from a diverse team um bare ideas arise and their bare solutions arise and that you know as as um, humankind moving forward i definitely see as women to have to need to have a more uh, space for um participation political wise as well and i think um this is very important for us you know moving forward i'm not sure if i'm digressing too much if i answer your question here robbie uh Uh,
0: digression is very welcome on the coach's journey podcast and you haven't (laughs) digressed at all and um yeah i just a little aside i read a really i've only read two books by matthew syed he's like a british he used to be a table tennis player but now he's a, a journalist and author but both of them have been very powerful the second one of them is bounce which i i read up which is about deliberate practice the other one that i read more recently or listened to an audiobook was his book it's called rebel ideas and it's about exactly what you said there it's about the power of cognitive diversity if you have a group of people who all think the same they come up with less it's a long structured book with arguments and research about and stories about how they come up with less good ideas essentially than a group with more cognitive diversity so i wanted to kind of just that, that came to my mind but mm-hmm. but so what you said there, it's like it's powerful and it's obviously well, it's been a part of who you are and who you were. How does it show up in coaching? Those reflections, those lessons you've learned, like yeah, how does it show up in the, the way you run your business now or the work you do with your clients, if at all?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I'm still not clear about you know about that. I mean, uh, how I chose the clients that I'm working with based on that, because you know actually I I coach basically anyone, right? Uh, so I don't have a bias towards, you know it's a, if it's a woman or it's if it's a man. What I see the impact that I that that it has on on my side is that I can more easily connect with women when they are in this situation. I am more maybe aware of, you know, what they are going through. And I might you know, point out uh, aspects that I know as a woman, as, women, as uh, we tend to overlook for instance um, um someone that a woman that is being promoted she might be you know neglecting negotiating a race because then oh no this is a great opportunity this is good this is good already right so she feels she feels already happy and she does not realize that it's part of herself as a professional to really address that right and that leads me also to um meritocracy right which was something that as a professional, was always expecting to happen. So I can relate to that. So, oh, no, if I have value, if I do, you know, if I really go the extra mile and I'm a very driven kind of person, oh, they will notice and I will be compensated by it. it. I don't need to bring that up. So I think it it impacts in the way that I can relate to uh, what they are going through. In that way, the same way that, for instance, I can relate with, you know, professionals um, uh, independently of their, you know, race or uh, gender or I mean, uh, whatever, um, when they face, you know, uh, similar um, uh, struggles, for instance, um, like moving from a single contributor to a, to a leader, because I went through it and so I can relate to that uh, more more easily. Again, it's not essential, but for me, I find that it's a um, that it's a facilitator, right? It, it enables me to be more close, understanding where the client is coming from.
0: Yeah, yeah, beautifully put. And it's like you know, I'm always aware. It's like yeah, that you know, the the piece you said before was beautiful about um, not bringing. Our viewpoints as coaches too much because it, it was a really lovely phrase because it condition I can't I can't read my own writing I think it was it conditions what is possible to happen if we put our own selves in too much yeah. and there's this beautiful contradiction which is if you have this experience. And in that moment, like the the, the the money thing is a great example. In that moment, something about your experience means you are more likely to see that than I am or than some somebody who hasn't worked in the industries that you worked in. You know, it's like it's, it's not serving anyone to not say, <laughs> have you seen that you don't seem to be talking about or doing this at all? Because like you have that and you can serve and give that to that person in that moment. Uh, also, as an aside, I love that point about meritocracy. I'd never really thought about it before, but I was just smiling to myself because I was thinking how, imagine if you take that idea and you put it onto running a business, right? Instead. So it's like, I will just, you know, I will just trust that when people see what great work I do, they will pay me more. It's <laughs> like, well, it could happen. And like, I'm always trying, I have a coach who I was always trying to pay more. I was always like, no, please can I pay you a bit more? Because I feel <laughs> like you're worth it. But Mostly, I mean, if you, if you think about going to a negotiation with a company to run a team coaching program for one of their teams, like the only way to get more money is to tell them a higher fee. And, you know, I mean, they might say, but it's like it, 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 that, that idea, you know, there is some point and it is different in organizations to running a business, but there is some point, isn't there, where we have to stand up for mm-hmm. what we're worth. Um, in a marketplace, which either an organisation or a mm-hmm. or 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 running a business is. Um, welcome to say anything in response to that if you want to. Otherwise, I'm going to rewind us <laughs> yeah, to your, your business.
1: Yeah, you are, yeah, you are absolutely right uh, uh, there. I mean, uh, especially you know as entrepreneurs, right? So we need to really ask for what we feel we are worth and we want. Uh, otherwise very it's very hard there are might there might be exceptions but otherwise you will not get it right um but um yeah that 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 you know made me think that how as um, a professional working in an organization you should look at yourself as an entrepreneur this is just a thought that came to my mind right yeah
0: um, yeah yeah. yeah. And as a coach, you should look at yourself probably, or as an entrepreneur, you should sometimes think of yourself as an employee of like the world, you know, or, or the big, because that's, that's like the same thing, isn't it? It's like the, the employee should be thinking, I need to raise my fees at some point. And the coach needs to remember, or the, the, the entrepreneur needs to remember, okay, I haven't asked for a raise for a while. <laughs> like, oh, wait, I've been doing the same job for a while, but I've been getting better. If I was in an organization by now, I would have asked for a raise because yeah. I'm worth a lot more now than I was when I started. I haven't done that. I love that. I love that. It doesn't really matter. As long as you layer on a new perspective, it probably adds as energy or adds, adds yeah. well it adds perspective.
1: Yeah, perspective and possibilities. Definitely.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, so Susanna, um, we've done lots of fantastic tangents from, from your story. Uh, if we go back to it, I think where we picked it up was, or where we left it was your coaching a day a week, Mm-hmm. And you've got some private business going on alongside it. You're investing in, in training for yourself by this point because you're interested and you want also the legitimacy. Um, because who am I to do this? And I'm a, I'm an engineer who doesn't have a psychology degree and all, all those kind of things. What's the next, like, what was the next phase in moving to where you are now? What happened next? So,
1: um, that, you know, lasted for, I don't know, maybe three, four, than five years Um, until so in between, I also uh, continued to, I know, to accumulate other roles, you know, without having necessarily the recognition, but I, I took on, you know, like change management, management, um, uh, responsibility for for a project. So change management process process. program responsibility. I led some transformation um, kind of um, also program. Um, Well, and there, you know, we reached a moment where this organization was going through another, yet another transformation. And what they were offering me in the, you know, the new scheme of things were more, you know, managerial roles, without the possibility of continue to developing my coaching practice, you know, within the organization. And, um, I tried to actually understand whether there was a place for me as a coach in the organization, you know, like in Santander, but you know, the, the, for them, they would rather, um, have external, um, that, uh, externalized that, that, uh, that service. So eventually, I said enough times. Maybe that would be my first choice. That they made me an offer. So a very good offer. So and I accepted. Um, so this was in two thousand and eighteen. So when I finally, you know, uh, left the, the organization, the, they offered me. Uh, they made me the offer in the end of two thousand and seventeen, and it took several months until it uh, became um, uh, actually. Uh, Real, uh, a real thing, and um, it was a very you know scary, freeing moment for me uh, then. And the good thing, the good part about that was that I have had the possibility to during several you know during several several years to really testing myself and grow myself as a coach, right? Um, but it was this you know new world. Uh, that um, I was going to enter and um, that is that comes also with uh, you know uh, some some fears and um, some excitement but uh, yeah um, so this this happened um, uh, because you know I said enough times there might not be the the best choice. If they have accepted that I continue to be a coach, I would probably still be working there or not. I don't know but um, though this is this is what it triggered. Uh, me dedicating so nowadays so I created then my 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 brand and my my organization my company and uh, so I dedicate myself fully to coaching nowadays yeah and I'm very happy
0: yeah and wait say that again (laughs) did you say you're very happy
1: I am very happy about it it was the best decision ever yeah
0: yeah good and um We'll come back to what's like what your work looks like now, but of course, somewhere in there is when we connected, and I remember like there's a couple of things I want to I want to say. I remember both there's kind of two things. One is, and I remember this because I was reading these messages this afternoon, right? To remind myself, I <laughs> haven't got that that good a memory, but I might have remembered this anyway. I remember that thing you were saying the the, the fears, the doubts, the back and forth about it. But I also found this really lovely thing you said, which you haven't quite said now. So I want to check it if this still feels true. At some point in 17 or 18, when we were messaging, you said you'd been back to that Harvard Business School course that you'd done, some of your notes from that. And you said that some of the seeds for this change that you were kind of attracted to, feeling was coming, were there then. And you said that actually they might have been in some way there when you joined uh, ISPAN in 2007. And so I wonder if you like, I don't know if that still resonates now. But I wonder if if when I if I when I reflect that back to you, what what you remember or think about that.
1: Well, what what I think about it. So I haven't went back and read our message <laughs> like that. So I, I wouldn't just be surprised because I. Uh, so what I do know is that from very early on, the frustration of not feeling that I was getting the compensation and recognition that I deserved. Um that would you know, and I'm not sure if you how much you know about the consultancy industry, but it really, you know, it's hard work. You it worked very long hours, so you really keep a lot of yourself. And I I was just thinking, so if I was, you know, what if I was, you know, working for myself, right? I mean, wouldn't that be you know working better for me? So from you know from a certain moment on i think it was like maybe after um i don't remember why but i, but I think that i've always entertained this idea of having you know of working for myself though you know because i don't have that much of a net okay. um that would really represent a risk for myself so i've always explored different things for instance I'm a wine lover, and for several years I entertained that idea, and um, I eventually realized that um, I even took some 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 training, some really uh, interesting. And um, but I realized that that part, you know, the wine industry for me, it's like you know pleasure and something that I, you know, a hobby that I like to 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 have in my life, but not to be professionally con- connected to it. I sometimes, so I explore different possibilities, right? But sometimes my experience at least tells me that it's not when you really are looking for something that it necessarily manifests. Sometimes it's just like, you know, when life decides to present you with something, well, I know this is not very, you know, uh, does not put oneself in a very proactive, you know, way. But I guess um, this is how it happened for me, at least.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Twice. Like, at least we can hear it in the story, right? Once with the guy, the opportunity to take that, that training. And again, with this offer that that came in the end, you know, it's like, here's the here's the opportunity.
1: Yes yes, I think maybe sometimes it might ask me, and I'm just thinking about that, maybe there were other, there were opportunities early on that I decided, I mean, that I haven't decided to take on, maybe because it was not the time, now that I'm talking about you, definitely there were maybe possibilities, but for me the risk was huge, and uh, so that I even not, I mean, I haven't even considered them as, as actually opportunities for me. Whilst, you know, in this situation, because I had the possibility to develop myself as a coach, whilst at the same time I was, you know, holding to my, you know, the job really, you know, enabled me to get some, you know, ground and some confidence to then accept that offer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and then maybe I wonder if you could say something about, you know, you said like, and I found a message which where you said something similar, you know, the kind of the best decision possible, is is in some yeah. ways where you've ended up and so i wonder if you could just say something about the experience of that though because it it really did feel looking back and and reflecting on you know it, well, it wasn't a huge number of messages but quite a few over the period i don't know in the course of that 17 2017 2018 that sense of the challenge of that leap or that big change and i wonder what your reflections are on that now
1: mm you know, maybe I was also struggling with other, you know, aspects in my professional life and maybe my personal life. So, um, the organization was, has at that time, went through a transformation already. So, and if you've been part of some kind of these, you know, transformations, it can really be very hard on the relationships, on how the, you know, the vibe and the culture inside the organization is. Um, so you feel, you know, that um, things maybe not be as fair as you would like. There is, you see, things happening around yourself that you are not happy with, that you cannot explain. You feel for yourself, and so I think this, this, this thing when two thousand and seventeen, end of two thousand and seventeen, that was happening. I think it was yet another transformation. So there was a, uh, there was a certain amount of. Um, Uncertainty um, and uh, and and toxicity in the environment, in the work environment. So that would, you know, led me or was leading me to think to really think about this this as a possibility. You know, because i I would have then, you know, other uh, coaches, colleagues that were, you know doing their thing thriving in a way right um whether or not i would be you know one of those coaches that would be you know a huge you know question mark for myself because i haven't you know i'm more i don't have any you know commercial or marketing kind of um skills um and um yeah so i think i think what pushed me to Really consider that might be to see myself again, not seeing very bright options on the horizon on one side and on the other side, just tired and and um and full of I don't know frustration and uh, of being in that immersed in that toxic environment.
0: Yeah, if you look back, this is a weird question, so feel free to ignore it. But if you and or I'll just say no, but if you look back, would you, if you could go back in a time machine, given what you've just said and tap yourself on the shoulder, would you leave earlier?
1: Mm. I wouldn't be able to
0: because of what, but or why?
1: Because you know, because I, as I mentioned, I don't have this net that would support me. So, wow. I mean, my work is my life, and it's also the way, you know, what uh, enables me to make a living. So what would I would do then? I, you know, just take a, a leap. I don't, this is something that, you know, coaches, some some people do, but my sense maybe of survival well, is so ingrained on myself that I would not, I I, I don't see myself doing it. Uh, I wish I I would make beam up courage, but I, I feel, I honestly feel that it happened when it was supposed to happen. And I'm very happy that it happened before I turned 15, uh, 50. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. But, it, <laughs> and so, okay, perfect. So we've now got to this point where the offer is there. And so there is some, there is some net for you as you and as you step away and you've got this like you said that the you're kind of tired from the um i don't know the environment the constant change and the op the options are not bright partly because this day this day a week of coaching which you've mm. been doing for what five years ish three four uh. five years by that point is being taken away and we know now you've already told us the kind of joy that that has brought yeah. so before we kind of get to what you did when 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 you when you left and how that worked out I just want to rewind. So, alongside for these three, four, five years, there'd been some private work. And I wonder just how had that, how much of that was there? How had that evolved? Like, you yeah, know, how was that? How was that?
1: So, uh, most of my private, uh, private work. So, there was a team coaching where, um, uh, where uh, I had to take some, you know, days off, you know, uh, yeah. and so to, to to be able to do it. And it was, it was a colleague of mine that, um, that invited me to uh, To participate in it alongside with him, so I'm very you know grateful for him to really to really do that. But you know when I was exploring the my private cli- you know side and with clients, was the focus was was more to develop myself as a coach or gaining experience, being able to you know build the, the hours for the credential and for it to be to become ACC uh, rather than have these business focus, because, you know, the the financial side was taken care of, you know. So it was more about myself, um, continue to be amazed about how that, you know, uh, how coaching resonated with me and really can, wanted to uh, continue to developing myself as a coach and pursuing that without, you know, having much, you know, much in my mind rather than that. But. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. And then so you then... Well, and maybe I want to ask this now because otherwise I'll forget. There might not be another time. And this part, so there's the as part of this time, you would you were coaching to develop yourself, and you were also doing various trainings and 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 the ICF credentials. And I wonder if you look back on those, are there any particular learning experiences as a coach that you look back on that are the kind of the most impactful for you, or that you recommend to others the most?
1: Hmm. I mean, I've been so, I mean, I've been doing so much, uh, I mean, so, so, so powerful um, work to developing myself as a coach. And again, I'm taking the liberty to maybe answering not exactly what you are expecting, um, which is to say that one of the things that impacted me more as a coach was um, investing in developing, you know, my self awareness, and I did that through meditation and, and through mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that really enabled me to be more present to my clients, to be able to, um, you know, put my judgment judgment and uh, aside, was actually to focus on mindfulness on meditation that helped me you know Susanna individually but I think it it also has a huge impact in my work as a coach you know to really be present to really be aware of your you know inner thoughts um to understand that um that it's also okay, right, to be compa- so being compassionate to oneself, but also having the tools to not be triggered by 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 you know by things that might come in 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 the session. So and be able to be equanimous and decide how to act rather than react. So this is something that it was the most. Um, important thing for me and that for me, Susanna, because, you know, we all have our own backgrounds. We all come, you know, with our stories, with our, you know, challenges, with our dramas. And this was something that actually for me enabled me to become a coach.
0: Can you tell us, tell me, you know, was there other particular teachers or lineages or types of meditation that for you personally have been it, that you followed or particular and so maybe something about like that and then particular ways in for people who are new to meditation that you would recommend
1: uh, okay so for me it was uh it was very important on you know doing some formal training like you know initiation to meditation it's very hard for, for one to <laughs> To have a regular meditation practice, uh, but you know, being in contact with um, with a, a center, meditation center, and to have for me, it still works today. Which is, I do um, a retreat every year. So I used to be ten day retreat, so with Vipassana. If someone wants to explore that, I really recommend. Um, and uh, now the last last year, I did three days, and this year I'm going to do a three days. Not with really your with another one, but I really need this uh, annual, um, you know, retreat. So remove myself and really disconnect with everything, and really be present to myself and what is going on on, on my side. Um, so this is what I what I can what I can say. There are some tools, a lot of tools, like Headspace or Insight Timer, or a lot of things available for that would help you have develop. Um, a coaching practice but without having this accountability of you know for instance going weekly to a center a meditation center it it becomes even more uh, more difficult so um yeah i think this is what i can you know recommend in terms of inspiration and coaching of course i have this i have you know different coaches that have been part of my life so my coach from 2009 is someone that i still um relate to
0: and what's her uh, name i think i think it was uh, i think it was woman. what's her name hmm? who what's the name of your coach from 2009
1: so uh well uh, it's aida aida shamisa uh, and um uh, so um we are still in, in in contact um and there are um there are different um different uh, different coaches that have inspired me Along the way, so the ones that I remember more, you know, presently, I mean, from more recent times, is when I, you know, when I got my MCC certification. So I, I, I end up listening to some live coaching sessions, and it was really freeing to um, see how one can be, uh, you know, this master certified coach, and in a very different kind of way so i i, I end up listening to a different different coaches um that had so many different styles and approaches and that was really very liberating for me because you know i will have my style i will never be like this or that uh, coach and this was very uh, very uh inspiring uh for
0: myself yeah, and how did how did you listen to them Where where did you get access to these sessions
1: well, you can look. There is, you know, online in YouTube. There are uh, some um, some uh, available um, recordings. You can just look like MCC Life Coaching. Um, there are also uh, some. Uh, I can then share with you.
0: Yeah, if you would like, and if there's any that you particular, particularly remember or like or found like that freeing happened for you, then, then yeah, let us know and we'll put links in the where people are listening or at the com.
1: So there is this particular, uh, you know, like website platform where you have, you know, every month a live coaching session that you can attend to freely. And also, if you can, you know, subscribe to that website, then you have access to, you know, a lot of other, um, uh, a lot of other uh, recorded live sessions. Uh, one of the persons, you know, a coach uh, that uh, really, you know, inspired me um, is um, Janet uh, Janet Harvey. I don't know if you heard about her,
0: no, Janet, Harvey.
1: Janet. And she has this way with you know words and <laughs> presence that it's, it's really very, you know, it can be very um, inspiring, but for me it was very humbling saying, okay, so I I do not dominate, you know, not English, not even Portuguese in the way that she dominates, the, you know, the English language. And she really has this huge, you um, know, she's, she's, she's just a, this amazing coach and uh, listening to uh, recording sessions from her were very, uh inspiring uh in that way so but i can share with you like a couple of names and um and also at this this platform just you know remind me about it and i will be happy to share about that
0: yeah that'd be be lovely i think people really like that because i think it's um like i said with my group coaching session right it's surprising to me how many people have listened to that and i think that people don't necessarily know that I mean, I, I've never done that. I've never put group uh, coaching session MCC into YouTube. Of course, as soon as I ask the question, that's the obvious answer, right? But to get the pointers particularly, um, can be, can be just really great because it is, you know, watching other people coach or listening in a way. It's a little bit like it's the equivalent of what I kind of, one of the aims for this podcast, right? Which is there's this kind of black box of how does someone live and work as a coach? uh and this, the problem is there's the reason it's a black box is there's no one answer and mm-hmm. so all we can do is have some kind of resource which allows us to like touch into a few different ways people do that so that we can then see what's possible and also choose how we do it and i got that's just got that sense that that's one of the things that that listening to watching mcc recordings did for you like ah oh, there's all these ways it could be it's not just I, one way it's not just one way, and i'm
1: tend to be very you know like perfectionist and and uh, I was really, you know, aiming. So for for being an MCC, you need to send two recording, uh, two coaching sessions, uh, recordings to be, you know, then approved. And you want to be very, you know, like, you know, very perfect, and really, you know, nailed it. And while while I was listening to these different kind of um, uh, sessions. It really was like oh my God can be so many different things of course there is a commonality on that on those but it can be so you know amazing and actually uh, Jenny Harvey now that I'm mentioning it she has also a very powerful on YouTube that shows a session going on just not led by her while and at the same time she stops it and says so what could have we do differently here? that you know brings yet another level and uh, and i found that also very impacting because when you are listening to that you're thinking oh this is quite good i see myself doing that that's okay good and then when she adds on top of that i say oh my god <laughs> yeah that really you know ah yes yeah, it's, it's better yeah it's it's power it's more you know powerful it's uh, so uh, it's a learning journey. I think one of the things that I really love about coaching is that possibility that the journey is never over. You've never, you know, can say, oh, I know everything about that. No, you are always looking for sources for um, for developing yourself more and. Uh, um you know, things that you would like to dive into. There's so many things. Uh, I just I wish I had more time to do that, right? Uh, <laughs> but as a coach and an entrepreneur, um, what I found out is that there is a lot of also work that you need to do that it's not coaching.
0: Yeah, well, maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll come back to that, come to that in a minute. But first, I just want to, because the MCC was quite recent for you, I'm curious, like, what, what was meaningful to you about achieving that credential, which is quite something, and also what was, like, interesting for you about the process?
1: Well, the process is, for me, it was a learning process. So I now can see what, you know, being an SCC stands for, which skills you develop to be PCC, and what skills you can then develop to be an, an MCC. So for me, being an MCC meant... That I need to move from being, you know, demonstrating the PCC skills to a new level to MCC, and really, I think the the, the thing that is more uh, particular about being an MCC is you being able to deal with uh, the unknown. You know, feel okay with the unknown. So really, let the client in the driver's seat and don't feel the need to just you know, take them to where you feel comfortable, right? Mm. So that this, it was a learning, it was a learning experience um, for me. Uh, of course, I had a mentor. It's also part of the process. I really uh, loved, to, his name is uh, Andre Ribeiro. Um, he's also a coach and a mentor coach. Uh, and I really uh, loved um, uh, having him a, as um, as my mentor. And um uh, yeah, and and, and again, what, what what was? I'm not sure if I answered your question, Robbie. So oh,
0: I think I think you did. It, like, I love that piece. That for you, it was really it was one of the You an, you also you not only answered my question, you answered the follow up that appeared in my mind when you started talking, which was like, what is the real for you? What what was the distinction you saw between those two credentials? Those two ICF credentials, and I think you named it for you. It was real comfort with the unknown, and that's a really like beautiful thing yeah. that you know I guess any coach listening can can think about that as a like okay if I was to become more comfortable with the unknown in my coaching what would be different um, really beautiful invitation
1: and, and also just to, to, to you know to add on top of that you know for me really the main difference is, I mean I'm not sure I haven't had that input from my you know from my clients if they if there's a difference and um, they see um because now I'm MCC but for me it, it really uh enables me to rest not not rest in the bed in the way that I will not you know continue to developing myself but just to okay to feel that uh legitimate myself to uh to accept that I'm doing you know uh that I can do a good work as as a coach you know because you know it, my my as as an engineer you often associate not as a leader but as an engineer you associate your value on you know your knowledge right on on what uh, you can demonstrate and deliver so um so as a coach I needed to reach this level where I feel okay now I I have this you know I, I I have this I build this credibility not not as much to show to the others but but mostly to show to myself I think this is where I found that and it, it has impacted me.
0: Yeah, what's what's felt different then for you since that? Because it doesn't. You're right. Like it doesn't really get more. You can't get more much more legitimate in coaching than that credential. So what what does it feel? How does it feel different to have that?
1: So for me, it just feels that I have more. I am more confident about um, um, about what what I do. You know, um, so we often chat uh, well on the you know imposter syndrome, and uh, and and um, I, I guess I'm, I I I have that right. So being able to achieve MCC, I so say, I mean, it was not just me. You know, and I have others that vouch for me. So this is this is really for me. It's the most important thing. So, um, that I mean, the, the most important impact that I see from from achieving this uh, this credential. Um,
0: uh, out of interest, um, I know that my, for me, with my imposter like self doubt it doesn't go away when I have the thing that gives me legitimacy but it's more like I can just when that comes up it's like nope but look at this reason like I undeniable reason is that what it's like for you or has it actually has some of that just gone away now now that you really have got that credential it never
1: goes away I'll share i sorry
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but how annoying yeah but yes you learn to manage its impact on yourself so for me if i can diminish the impact for instance crippling impact from i don't know maybe 80 80 to 60 and then maybe to 40 and maybe to 20 wow right amazing
0: yeah in every coaching session in every decision you make about your business ever things will be different with with that greater freedom yeah
1: Yes, exactly. So you never totally get rid of it, but you can mitigate or, or reduce its impact in your
0: life. Yeah, lovely. So, Susanna, we kind of hinted at it before. There's some other things in a coaching business that you have to do that isn't just coaching. And you must have discovered this quite quickly in 20 early 2018 or whenever it was that you stepped out of, of the job You had that net, Um, but like, in whatever way feels relevant, bring us up to date. Like, how did you, what did you do in those, you know, those months, particularly the first ones when suddenly you were in this place with this business and um, how has that evolved into what you're doing now? And then we haven't actually really talked about, you haven't talked directly to to how your business is now. So, Brick, combine all that for us somehow.
1: Okay. So, let's. you know, uh, let's go to the past uh, 2018. So back then, what happened was that because I left that organization, not only I was, you know, uh, fairly compensated, but I also, during for almost, you know, a little over one and a half years, I had this um, fixed income. Small, but it was a fixed income. Um, On the other side, what was happening in Portugal was that ICF Portuguese chapter was going through a, um, uh, how do you say, an impasse, a a crisis. And uh, uh, actually there was this moment when I finally decided or, you know, I was, you know, someone made the decision for me, but when I finally was, you know, moving into the um, uh, coaching spectrum, Uh, You know, fully all in. Um, There was this uh, entity that for me it was so important, right? It was like a reference for me um, that was, you know, um, uh, going through this crisis and there was this uh, fear about um, uh, ending. So the Portuguese chapter was about to end. And I I would say, oh my God, this is, I don't want that to happen. So I kind of been pulled into. Um, the insights of that. And I ended up being uh, invited and, you know, and being part of the board of ICF Portugal chapter. So um, it was also a period of great change for the Portuguese ICF chapter. And it basically meant that I had very little room to develop my business because i was really fully fully dedicated to you to that also i had the fortune again i say it's fortunate right, so you can recognize where this comes from right but I, I i had the fortune to uh, attend um um this um uh, international uh, organization uh, onboarding process so ccl center for creative leadership and from you know early 18, um, they had this client in Portugal. so I ended up uh, you know, being an associate with that CCL, right? So um, so back then, I was you know doing some work with C- with CCL and I was dedicating myself to ICF, right. Um, so and when was I going to build my business? <laughs> So along the way, I just decided that I wanted to create my brand. I did create my brand. I used some of the funds that I got from the, you know, from the, the the package to invest on that. So I still, so my brand is it's meaningful works, and uh, I have a website, and um, it's more like a, a presence. I don't feel that there is a lot of traction on that, even though I also have invested a lot since it since I you know I launched it. Um, but I was not investing too much in creating my, you know, my business. And then if you remember, then COVID hit, right? So it was, um, still very, very difficult to have private, uh, clients. Um, what I have found is that, uh, some clients from when I was, you know, working still in organization, and came back for me, right, for for a team coaching um, program with also individual coaching sessions. So it started out by an individual coaching session program for a person in the board, but then it uh, become also a a team coaching with individual coaching sessions for everybody. Uh, And uh, that also helped me to keep afloat still not investing very much in uh, in the business. And this is where I am right now. So I am just challenging myself to reaching out to people, to networking, but having these organizations, international ones, with whom I work as an associate. And so all the commercial uh, side of, of the business is taken care of by them. So I feel I was, you know, lucky in that way that I had this, this opportunity.
0: Yeah, luck and skill. I mean, like, um, what's, uh, I'm not going to quite get it. There's a beautiful quote that I heard last year um, about luck, which I can't remember. But, you know, mm-hmm. it essentially, oh, um, it was luck, I can't remember who said this, but it's luck is the residue of design. So what looks like luck is also part. Is the is what comes when you've been practicing coaching and learning for ten years, right? Is then you have the or five years at the at first, you know, and then you have these opportunities that that are created. Um, I, I want to ask like a a little. I want to come back to that in a sec, but I just want to slow down on the ICF piece a little bit because um, around the podcast, like I said, there's a group coaching program, and if if you're a certain member members of that. Get advance notice of guests and get to ask questions. And one of the questions was someone noticed that in your LinkedIn or website or, or something, the ICF thing and was curious about it really from a point of view of, I don't know how much you know of this, but, but how from that experience with ICF, how do you know? And I, I mean, more generally, how, what do you know about how coaching is, is different? Um, in different countries, both in terms of the communities that are available, like, the ICF chapters and and how I mean how coaching is in in different cultures, if that makes sense as a question.
1: Wow, well, let me see. Um, so I, I have the opportunity, you know, to to coach people all over the world, you know, from Brazil to United States to uh, Saudi Arabia, right? To other countries in in, in Europe. So we are fundamentally all humans, but of course there is this cultural aspect that you need to take care uh, and pay attention to. Um, uh, For instance, today I was, you know, I was um, having some some coaching sessions with people from Saudi Arabia, and it's part of, you know, the code, the dressing code that we have to have long sleeves not have to, you know, get to to show some skin. So, but apart from that, being an ICF, you know, an ICF coach, it means that you are pretty much clean on the way that you ask questions, right? What also I have noticed is that you need to also to be aware more about some particularities of their personality, as much as of the culture, for instance, yeah. not that people are open to be challenged. You know, sometimes people are more. Um, they expect you more to, you know, mentor them or or, or lead them. Yeah.
0: And, and can you say maybe something? Because you said that part of the reason you stepped in with ICF was because you really valued ICF Portugal. So what was what was it that, that oh. was so important about that that had you step in in that way?
1: Because it was you know it was the beginning of my journey it started with ICF, right? So and and I think it is very important to have this structure, this um, um, that you know you can hold on to, right, that also, um, um, gives you credibility. And, uh, I think credibility is a huge part of me being a member of, uh, of ICF still, right, of course, and being, you know, and, and looking for this, uh, this, you know pursuing these credentials because as you know, Robbie, so worldwide, I mean not I'm not sure if worldwide, but I would say that worldwide, is still not a professional recognized profession. So um, in order for you to to be seen as um, as um, you know respected and uh, and uh, uh, professional, I think it's very important the role that ICF um, um, has on that. That's how it was important for me back then. So I didn't want to be, um, uh, to have to reach out for, I don't know, maybe ICF Spain or ICF England. So I wanted to, uh, to continue to develop and have an ICF representation in Portugal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and one of the messages, let's see if I can find it, I wrote it down. You, at some point in that in that transition when we were messaging, you said something about coaching the coaching market isn't as developed in Portugal, and I wonder if, as in some countries, and I wonder how that is now, and if you were right about that, or, or what you've seen.
1: Yes, that's true. Back then, it was not uh, developed. I think that you know, COVID made a huge cause a, a huge shift on that mm-hmm. uh, because it was necessary. You know, it was a tool that was there and it was necessary. Also, because there is this um, proliferation of other you know uh, coaching um, platforms that enabled um, coaching to be more, you know um, affordable and, and then uh, be accessible to more people. Um, also one of the things that had happened was that during that period was that I, I realized that I had some resistance, again, uh, resistance towards online coaching virtual remote coaching and I said no you know in-person coaching is it's the thing it's coaching Uh, and and it was so interesting how I have you know grown from that idea Uh, because during COVID like 100% of my coaching was you know was virtual and then now that we are you know starting to also have uh, in-person sessions I just started very recently to 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 have that, because again, organizations found that to be so much, you know, convenient that they still keep on preferring, you know, the the virtual remote um, possibility offer. Um, that you know, my 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 first in person session was so impactful, you know, like it really, you know, I I think nothing beats the in person kind of dynamic right? Though, if you cannot have that, having virtual can also, you know, it's nothing something that you just dismiss, right? Um, So I'm not sure if I I answer your question, Robbie. Uh,
0: I'm not either, but it doesn't really matter because you said loads of great things. Um, I'm aware that amazingly we're coming towards the end of the time. And so I guess to, to slow us down just before we finish, is there anything that um we haven't talked about that you'd like to talk about before we finish and what do you what do you think are the key maybe do this one first and if there's anything else then definitely definitely throw that in as well but it's like looking back and thinking about your business in the last five years what are the things you did that enabled you to step into those associate relationships, which have kept you developing your coaching in a way, I guess my question is like, what are the things you did that contributed to that, that allowed you to have those, have those roles?
1: Well, one of the things I think I already brought with me was that I was very, you know, tech, um, um, how do you say, um, savvy right for me technical te- 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 technology is not an obstacle uh so i'm okay with that um so and i know this can be a barrier for 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 many people so i'm very comfortable navigating that that space um it's natural for me um so the other thing i i guess it's just that you know as i mentioned so i'm very driven and once I get you know an idea on my mind, I just go after it. Uh, and um, so it's it's really, you know, and also be open-minded about the possibilities. Uh, and um, one of the one of the possi- one of the opportunities that um, arise when, when I attended the ICF converge in Prague, I think it was in 2019. It was the last one in 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 Europe live. So I'm hoping the next year is going to be also uh, available. So that's also that was also a a good opportunity to connect with uh, you know like minded like minded people and also uh, understand what other possibilities, what other people are doing. So being open and curious, I would say that is something that uh, enabled me to to continue to be a coach and dedicating myself, you know, food to coaching.
0: Yeah. And in a way, I think that, just going back to that, I'm not a people person thing earlier on, that sounds like that's part of how you do, you don't necessarily do network by networking by small talk, but I just heard you talk about essentially networking by being open and curious and being in those places.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. And then for instance, uh, I've just challenged myself, like two weeks ago, and I attended this event, which I resisted to do. I just, I, I, I said I, I would go. Um, I, 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 I applied to it. I paid the fee, but then at the last minute, I was just saying, "Oh, maybe it's not that important. I would not go, and I would not do it." And it was very, really, really interesting. So I want to continue to push myself. So it was something around Portuguese women in tech. So. Things that resonated with me, instead of you know uh, pushing myself to attend, I don't know maybe events that does not mean that much. So to really push myself to be in things that I would you know, it's a win-win for me. Whether or not I, I I end up doing some networking or not, I feel it's you know something that resonates and it is interesting interesting
0: for me. And that's a great frame, isn't it? That like do the things that might lead to interesting work, but but only do them if no interesting work if you only do them if even if you get no interesting work it's still a great thing to have done right that's mm-hmm. that's that's a great way to think about yeah. it and Susanna like what's what's next for you what are you excited about in the future or do you have any particular plans that you're for your work
1: well one of the things that i decided in my business plan model was that I will be um how do you say uh location free in the sense that I could move into any place in the world, basically continue to my work. Of course, that this in-person now uh, kind of experience, uh, recent more more recently, last month's uh, the last months um, experience um, really told me that I, this is something that I really would like to have more. Um, but what I'm excited about is maybe this. You know, I'm I'm playing with this idea. On one side, and on the other side, is to do some, you know, commercial work. Some uh, to really, you know, push myself to have conversations. So and to and to be able to uh, to uh, invite potential clients to be open to the to the possibilities of coaching and being able to seduce them to that um, because I am I am sure that it's, a, it's an amazing tool and they will you know benefit from it
0: yeah yeah I have no, I have actually no doubt that when you when you do that there will be many people like you said it's already it sounds like it's already happened a bit already but you know 10 years of coaching. In different ways there's a lot of people out there who have experienced your work and some -hmm. of them will be ready to come back Mm -hmm. and some new people will be will be really ready for it let's do Mm -hmm. that question that i half asked before suzanne is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you want to say before we wrap up
1: i think we've covered pretty much anything everything uh Uh, so i'm looking forward to you you know to uh, hear this afterwards and to see i mean because there was so many places where you, you know, you led me with your questions that I was really, you know, like, immersed at answering them. And I was not really, you know, uh, listening, you know, to what I was saying. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think we've covered a lot. Thank you so much, uh, Robbie. It was really a pleasure to, you know, uh, meet you. <laughs> Probably, but you know see you and um yeah and yes and i'm also curious to see you know the message that we've changed back then and uh you know and also uh understand that uh, and recognizing that it's a long way that both of us have come since then right
0: yeah yeah absolutely and um yeah like it you said some very nice things in those messages about my writing at different times and <laughs> i found it like you know i realized i found it sometime around the time when we started agreeing to do this I had this real flash of like what an absolute privilege it is to have somebody like you saying such nice things about the things that I've made so thank you for that and absolute, you know you. It, very meaningful to me um and yeah really excited to see what happens next for you so yeah Susanna thanks so much
1: thank you, thank you Robbie bye
0: Hello, Robbie here again. A couple of quick things before you go on to whatever else you've got going on in the rest of your day. Uh, And that is, if you've enjoyed this conversation, then you might be interested in becoming a supporter of the Coach's Journey podcast or joining the Coach's Journey community. Both of those are ways to support the show, help it continue, help it reach more and more people, but they also give you other things that you might be interested in. If you become a supporter, which is paying a small amount of money every month, then you'll get advance notice of guests, perhaps the chance to ask questions of guests, um, depending on what membership level you have, and, and more monthly video updates from me, all kinds of other bits and pieces. And if you join the Coaches Journey community, then you get all of that, plus you get to be part of a group coaching program led by me um, and attend group coaching calls up to 10 times a year, have one-on-one coaching with me, and be part of a community of coaches who want to create thriving coaching businesses and thrive as people while they do it and um, one of the members said recently that the word that keeps coming up in the members whatsapp group is beautiful to describe those calls and so um, i'd love to have you there on one of those calls um, and as a member of the community or a supporter of the show it would mean the world to me and it helped me to keep doing this thing that i love to do and that many many people have told me is really helpful for them so thanks very much for listening and hope to have you back with us on the coach's journey podcast sometime soon